Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the fourth season of Local Folks Podcast. I'm Bob Madar, and in today's episode, uh, we're going to spend some time with someone that I've known for many years, my alter ego, Zeke. You know, Zeke, um, who's a bit more opinionated and salty than I am, doesn't usually come to the surface of my consciousness these days, uh, largely, I think, because of my regular practice as Zazen. But in this election year, he's been getting downright pushy, probably because of the upcoming election, and, well, I guess I'm going to just have to let him have his say. You know, Zeke is kind of like someone who hails from a hardscrabble farm somewhere in Appalachia and after a tough childhood on the farm, managed to talk his way into a university, ultimately earning a graduate degree in ecology, and then retiring to a little cabin in the mountains of Tennessee to cogitate about the world, and occasionally emerging to pontificate on things that just stick in his craw. He's been getting mighty insistent, and I guess I just better get out of his way. So, Zeke, the floor is yours. You know, I just don't understand how some folks, right now it seems like a lot of folks, don't seem to trust science just no more. Now why is that, I wonder? I mean, you hear all kinds of hoorah about science. How them climate scientists lying about global warming because they want to get more money to do research, or these closet radicals that just want to destroy a free enterprise. Or how them public health scientists and doctors is a lying about how dangerous this coronavirus is because they want to make our president to look bad. Now, you know, I kind of think he's doing a pretty good job of that himself, but that's another topic. Or how them folks that make vaccines are lying about their safety because they in the pocket of big pharma and want to make more money or some such palaver. And I wonder, do these ignoramuses know anything about how science works? Well, I think not. Now, I'm pretty certain sure that individual scientists do get things wrong. And I imagine that, like everybody else, they can get downright attached to wrong-headed ideas and even do all kinds of mental gymnastics just to justify their opinions. And I'm certain sure that sometimes individual scientists may even cheat a little bit and publish research that's poorly done or even plain wrong. But I guarantee that the institution of science will, sooner or later, find these errors, be they errors of omission or commission, and correct them. It may take some time, but it will happen. And just why am I so sure? Well, because scientists are picky. And I mean real picky. And they love nothing better than pointing out another scientist's mistake. Well, I remember when I was in graduate school, I was part of a group of students and professors who met at lunch every other Wednesday to discuss a research paper chosen at the end of the previous meeting. And do you think we spent our time talking about what the research found out and why it was important? No, sirree, we did not. After reading the introduction, the first thing them professors looked at in the paper was the methods section. Now, for you folks that don't read scientific papers, and I imagine that's most of the people that's listening to this, 
The method section is where the author of the paper tells you, the reader, just what they did in their experiment. You know, it's kind of like a recipe, maybe, for making corn liquor or something. And then professors and graduate students went over the methods of every paper we read with a fine-tooth comb, and they got positively excited when they found an error. And that's just the way scientists are. Picky, picky, picky. So that's why I say that science is the only way we can get close to what the truth really is. But you know, I think there's another reason why some folks poo-poo science. And that's because sometimes science tells us things we don't want to hear. Now, from what I've seen, folks is real positive about science when it gives us all kinds of modern conveniences. Folks don't bat an eye getting on an airplane and riding along 30,000 feet above the ground. And everything in that plane, well, even the fact that it's flying at all, exists because of science. Yep, the whole darn shooting match. Now, I don't seem to hear people talking about how the science that's behind them planes is somehow fake or wrong or whatever. Nope, they just trust their lives to it. Howsomever. When scientists tell us things that we don't want to hear, like maybe way back our great-great-great-grandma was some kind of ape, or if we don't change our ways, then the earth is going to get hot as all get out, then a lot of folks start saying all manner of crazy things about how them scientists is lying, deceitful wretches. Well, I guess I'd say to them, you can't have it both ways, my friend. If you trust your life to the technological wonders like a jet airliner, then I guess you'd better listen up when folks say that we're nothing more than an intelligent ape or that we are destroying our planet. Now, I don't mean to get offensive, and I sure don't want to give the impression that I do not support a person's right to worship or not worship, whatever God they fancy, but I do get a mite uncomfortable when I hear people saying that the government should do God's work, or that we need more God in schools or some such fool I guess I get so uncomfortable because the first question that comes to my mind when I hear someone pounding the pan about getting more God into public life is, whose God are you talking about? I mean, if I've learned anything over the last 72 or so years, it's just this. There are a lot of different ideas about how and who and what and where God is. And oftentimes, people do not take kindly to those who have different ideas on the nature of the deity. Poor ejemplo. Just thought I'd sneak in a little Espanol. That error means, uh, for example, uh, take an issue that has caused a whole lot of shouting and carrying on here in Corval. Homelessness. There are a lot of poor folks living here that don't have a roof over their head and have to camp out or sleep in their cars, or if they're lucky, in an old RV. There are some people, devout Christians all, who are doing everything they can to help the homeless, even to the point of giving them a place to camp on church-owned land. On the other hand, there are a lot of other folks, devout Christians as well, who are absolutely opposed to all the help them other Christians is offering to the homeless. Funny thing is, both sides claim to be doing God's work. And if they're as devout as they say they are, they likely read the same passages in the Bible when they's feeling pious. pious. Now, I bet if you put a couple of people from both sides in a room and had them debate each other, each side would claim that God was on their side. 
Kind of makes old God seem a bit two-faced, don't it? But I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that a person can shoehorn old God into supporting any old opinion you want. Go ahead and leaf through the Bible. You want to exterminate an enemy? These passages where God says that's okay. You want to enslave someone? You can find okays from God on that one too. You want to help the poor? Passages will support that. Or forgive your enemies? Passages will support that. Seems to me old God ain't particularly good model for consistency of thought, but that there's another discussion as well. I just rather folks keep God to themselves, and I do get a bit head up when they don't. Keep God in the church or the mosque or the synagogue and keep it out of public life. You know, and then there's old glory. You know, you can't walk down the street without seeing the stars and stripes just about everywhere you look. Restaurants, stores, service stations, houses, schools, pickup trucks, hats, you name it. Turn on TV and it's everywhere. Sporting events, ads, teas, news programs, and on and on. Politicians love to wrap themselves in flag. And woe to the senator or congressman who doesn't have a little flag as a lapel pin. Why, even on Facebook, people post pictures of the flag with an admonition that, if you love our country, you have to repost the photo. My question to folks who are always demanding respect for the flag is just this. What kind of a country do you think the flag stands for? The reason I say this is that I think the flag symbolizes different things for different people. For some folks, I think the flag symbolizes the promise of America, a country where all people have inalienable rights, where diversity is valued and honored, where everyone has an equal shot at achieving whatever their true calling is, a country that is good neighbor and a member of the international community, and a country that is honest about its past and realizes there's still a lot of work to do to create a more perfect union that embodies the ideals expressed in the Constitution. I'm afraid for other folks, the flag symbolizes something different. A country that believes in America first, where diversity of any form is feared. Where the philosophy of I got mine and I don't owe you nothing is alive and well. And a country that believes the myths about its past and looks a lot like the America of the 1950s. You know, a flag is just a piece of colored cloth. It's the ideas the flag stands for that I think are important. And I'm all for an America that's tolerant, compassionate, generous, and responsible neighbor and member of the international community. An America that acknowledges its racism, its violence, and its inequality, and commits itself to righting those wrongs. A flag that symbolizes that America, I can respect and admire. But I still wish it didn't show up on people's clothes, cars, in stores, or part of some doggone advertising campaign. Now one thing's for certain, there have been a lot of yelling and shouting about the police over the last couple of months. And you might expect law and order becoming a big campaign issue. On the one side, we have people yelling and shouting that the police should be defunded. And on the other side, we have people yelling and shouting that the police need more money and support, not less. Seems to me it ain't all that cut and dry. You know, years ago when I was in college, two police officers likely saved a friend's life. 
As college students will do, he was spending the evening with a female friend, we'll call her Annie, in her room. Now the rooming house was what you might say is just a tad flimsy. It was a big old Victorian house that was converted into a apartment. Turns out that the young woman who lived in an adjacent room had bought a feller home that she'd met in the bar. And after a little bit, my friend said it sounded like things were getting a little violent next door. He called out and asked her if everything was okay. Like I said, the walls was a bit flimsy. And she screamed, no. My friend, being a responsible person, picked up the phone and dialed 911. When the feller next door heard that, he started yelling as to how as soon as he found his knife, he was going to come over to Annie's room and cut my friend into little pieces. After a minute or so, while my friend was looking around for something to defend himself with, to no avail, he heard the door of the room open, and then the feller with the knife started kicking at the door of Annie's room, and it finally burst open. My friend thought he was done for, but at the last possible moment, two big police officers came through the front door of the house, grabbed the guy with the knife, slammed him to the floor, and arrested him. I think it is pretty likely they saved my friend's life. Years later, I happened to be in a restaurant in a small Midwestern city late at night. I'd been driving for hours, and around midnight, I decided I needed to get something to eat and stopped at a bar and grill on the outskirts of town. As I was coming up the restaurant, a fella came out the door, and as he passed me, he said, I'm sorry for this, and kept on going. It seemed kind of strange to me, but I was hungry, so in I went. There weren't many folks in the joint, but there seemed to be some tension in the air. I noticed a woman in the far corner of the room. She looked agitated, and she was holding the baby in her arms. Just after I took a seat at the table, the door opened, and two police officers, one male and one female, came into the establishment and walked up to the woman with the baby. I was close enough to overhear the conversation, and I heard the male officer, big burly fella, who looked like he was pretty angry already, tell the woman in no uncertain terms to give him the baby and get down on the floor. The woman started swearing at him, and he yelled at her, and things were starting to get a bit nasty when the female officer, who'd been hanging back just a little, came forward, told the other officer, I'll handle this, and got between him and the woman with the baby. In a very calm, gentle voice, she said something like, Nobody's saying you's a bad mother. And I know you love your baby. I'm just worried that you're a little emotional right now, and I'd really like to hold your baby. Would that be okay? And lo and behold, the woman handed her baby over with no protest whatsoever. The female officer then said, Thank you. You have such a beautiful baby. Now let's go outside where we can get you some help so you can take care of your child. And out the door they went. You know, for me, these two stories kind of shed light on the complexity of police and business. Seems to me there are times when force is absolutely necessary to keep a situation from getting out of control. And I admire the courage and fortitude of those two officers who tackled that feller with a knife and kept him from hurting my friend. And I'm very glad that neither of the officers was injured in the melee. I also think that the situation in the restaurant illustrates a different side of policing. 
and from what I've read, a much more common scenario. I'm pretty convinced that force was not needed in this situation, and that if the female officer was not present, the situation would have escalated to the point that the woman, and maybe her baby as well, would have been traumatized or even injured. The reason this didn't happen was that the female officer, for whatever reason, was very skilled at de-escalating a very explosive situation. So maybe rather than just shouting and yelling at each other about defunding or not defunding the police, we might want to have a discussion about how to better create public safety organizations that can effectively respond to a wide and varied array of difficult situations. Seems like Zeke had a lot on his mind, doesn't it? I think we all do during this difficult time for our country, but it seems to me that this is also a time of opportunity, and my hope is that we will come out of this dark period a better country for all of us. But to do that, maybe we might want to keep some of Zeke's points in mind as we approach Election Day. Number one, be picky like a scientist and demand evidence for any assertion. To quote Isaac Asimov, I believe in evidence. I believe in observation, measurement, and reasoning, confirmed by independent observers. I'll believe anything, no matter how wild and ridiculous, if there's evidence for it. The wilder and more ridiculous something is, however, the firmer and more solid the evidence will have to be. Two, keep religion out of our politics, and when someone says they're doing God's work, get nervous. Three. True patriotism isn't about loving the flag. It's about rolling up our sleeves and working to make our country better and admitting we have some hard work to do. And four, many of the issues we face are complex and simple solutions based on slogans and emotion may cause bigger problems than they solve. I thank you for listening and I hope you'll return for episode four, airing on November 1st. And before I sign off, I want to emphasize how important it is to vote in this election, pandemic or not. Let's make this the turnout election and set a new record for voter participation. We're all in this together. <laughs>